Hello everyone, Robbie here. I'm excited to announce my eighth novel, Death Rattle, is now available for pre-order. Here's a brief description. The newest residents of Fleet, Texas are out for blood. The town of Fleet, Texas is dying, and longtime resident Ebner Graves can only watch. Ebner grew up in Fleet, fought for it in Vietnam, grew old there, and now it's drying up. Until the addition of Sunny Meadows, a planned community on the city's outskirts. Built by foreign investor Oscar Fuchs, it's bringing wealth back into the area, and Fuchs wants more. He's buying up property all over town and making generous offers with old money. But Ebner's not buying it. Fuchs isn't what he seems. And Ebner won't see his town become something he hates. And then townsfolk start dying. Everyone who stood in the way of Fuchs all ripped apart in gruesome murder. Suspicious, Ebner sneaks into Sunny Meadows and finds the source of the killings. Vampires. Sunny Meadows is their den and Fuchs their master. Now Ebner must stop him before Fleet is bled dry. Death Rattle is available for pre-order now and releases on July 26th. It's The Lost Boys meets Walking Tall and the best thing I've written yet. I would love for you to pre-order it via the links in the show notes. Thank you and on to the show. everybody this is the simpsons show i'm robbie with my co-host matt and we are here to talk about the simpsons from the beginning matt how are you well robbie my hopes have been dashed uh everything is hated i just want it all to end really what the simpsons hey, good luck with that it ain't never happened yeah right they're, they're gonna keep going they got disney owns them they're never gonna stop Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters of Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson Show for only two dollars a month. You can name access. Gain access to all of our bonus episodes. Woo boy, I need to enunciate. Um if if you subscribe, you will have heard, let's see, this this week a, a review of a Bob's Burgers episode, thanks their first Thanksgiving episode. Uh we're gonna have a bonus episode out next week about the sound of music. And I'm, I'm making Matt watch the sound of music. He's going to love it. It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to hear songs that I've only heard one line of, and it's going to be three hours long, and I'm going <laughs> to probably watch it over hey, like six days. You know what? It's anti-Nazi, Matt, and I'm always I'm for any fiction that's anti-Nazi, all right? It's pretty good. Fair, fair. Anti-Nazi is the correct position. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this week's episode is Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, episode HABF10. Originally aired April 9th, 2006, written by Deb LaCousta and Dan Castellaneta. Deb is Dan's wife, pretty sure. Uh, this episode is directed... Oh, boy. I used to a lot of think I would like Dan Castellaneta, but if this is the episode he comes up with... Hmm. Matt, it's a, again, I cannot emphasize enough that every episode of The Simpsons is a product of a room of writers. It is not a single person, or even two people in this case. I mean, I get that, but... They, it, it, I'm not going not gonna to say you don't blame him. But blame them all. Blame everybody. They're, yeah. It's all on all their heads. This episode directed by Mark Kirkland. Uh, received a 4.8 rating with 8.3 million viewers. The couch gag. A pair of carts and hands deal out a wild royal flush. Uh, consisting Bart as the Jack of Diamonds. Marge the Queen of Diamonds. Homer the King of Diamonds. Lisa the Ace of Diamonds. And Maggie as the Joker. Um, and I'm guessing... Is it really necessary to point out which cards they were? 
Matt, it's t- technically correct is the best kind of correct, okay? I mean, you can be technically correct and this not is, be this is our this is an archival service, Matt, okay? In the in okay. the in the long distant future when all of visual media has vanished, these podcasts will still exist. And oh, this no. is this is how people will watch The Simpsons. I'm so so sorry, people of the future. Oh boy, that, that which I, I'm not gonna try and guess what kind of what apocalypse happened. I'm sure it was bad. Uh, this episode guest stars Richard Dean Anderson as himself, MacGyver. Oh, that that never goes well as himself or herself or themselves. That's that's what I don't want to hear when looking at a Simpsons episode, especially season seventeen. Not a it's not a good. I mean. To be fair, sometimes it's like one line. Susan Sarandon was like a voice of a what a computer or something for one line. Oh yeah, that's right. And that was fine. But Richard Dean Anderson, uh, okay, he's like I don't know. I don't I mean, know. He plays himself, but himself as a crazy person. <laughs> I, I this episode, I it is not bad in the way I expected. It is bad in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. It's called Kiss Kiss Bangalore. Uh, no relation whatsoever to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, of course, uh, which I'm glad because uh, that's a good movie. And this is this is, is bad in every possible way. Um, not, yeah, it's it's honestly not as racist as I thought it was going to be. No, it is still racist. It's not as bad as I expected in that department, but it is still just full of not like craziness and and it makes assumptions and says things that i hate i think i can i think i i thought about it that just now i like as i was saying i'm like do i hate it yeah it says a few things in here that i absolutely hate um that's a different problem from last week's episode which just had no plot and no story this has a story it has two stories to be fair it has two surprisingly detailed stories, uh, and I feel like any one of them. Okay, it would be hard to take the Patty and Selma uh, story and make it its own episode because it makes a pretty decent B plot. But I feel like there's too much of it. It I, decent. I that's a word. I would not. I can't, Matt. Um, it. I think it. I will get there. This. Episode- I think. I think. If if you had a good writer who could weave it in in the background, like oh, the Simpsons stop by and see Patty and Selma, and Richard Anderson is like in their back room trying to get out of a weird trap, and they're just like, yeah, he won't leave, or he keeps leaving and coming back, and so it's not like the focus of a plot. Sorry, like, you were saying. I don't, I don't know, Matt. This episode begins with everyone at the nuclear plant having a meeting, or I, not even having a meeting. They're going to watch a movie. I, I don't know about how they're all fired. No, well, that but no, th- they talk about it like it's a thing they do all the time, Matt. That's true. They do. They say, oh, Homer's like, I love it when he shows movies. And I'm like, what? What's going like it just and this episode does it a lot where it just says something as a truth and it's, let's makes you assume like makes you have to just like, take it as truth. And you're like, what? But wait a minute. Why has the nuclear plant been showing movies to all its workers instead of having them just do their jobs? It doesn't. We don't no, know. No, no, no. You got. You got. You got to have uh, fringe benefits, Robbie. And as we'll see at the end of this episode, they certainly don't have like overtime or you know vacations or healthcare. So they get to movie day. <laughs> Why you make me? You're making me angry. Okay, you're making me upset. Um, you're right. I should wait till later to do that. Why? 
yeah we but they're watching mr burns is about to do something says make a speech or something homer wants to see the movie so they show the movie the movie is basically uh a weird outsourcing propaganda the american worker proud tough hard-working and tired these jobs are killing us outsourcing take them away it's a miracle they moved our factory to a third world nation now i have more time to play the lottery ka-ching hey america why not let some of the other countries carry their share of the load you can with the best kind of sourcing outsourcing What a great film. And I think it makes a terrific point. Effective immediately, I'm closing the plant and moving all operations to India. Does this mean we're losing our jobs? No, no. Your jobs are safe. They'll just be done by someone else in another country. Oh, no! I just bought a $3 million house! However, federal law requires I keep one union worker on the payroll, so congratulations whoever catches this bouquet. Uh, there Burns throws a bouquet into the crowd and Homer gets it. Yes, but we also get an extra 30 seconds of everyone fighting. Most of the people we don't know. Just if you have to ask yourself, is there any filler in this episode? I mean, it, it has two plots. They have A's, B's, and C's. They skip things and they take shortcuts, but they, like, there are, there's an ending. Like, that's the thing this episode has. That's and maybe the only thing it has. Oh, especially over last week's episode, which had nothing. Um, this episode nothing has two plots. They both start and end. There is not just weird, like a weird ending that doesn't ever wrap up and bring us back to the status quo. This has that. It is still crazy and still has giant leaps of logic and nonsense and like some racism and absolutely has Orientalism. But it has a it has a plot like I and it gets there relatively quickly. Like this is the first scene, and here's here it is. Here's the plot. Yeah, Homer, that's there really is no inciting incident. This is it. This is the plot. We're in it now. And that's where I was like, oh wow! Like when I was watching this, I'm like, oh wow! They just got straight to it. That's something. And then the rest of the episode happened. So Homer gets to keep his job, uh, but he has to now work in India. And I'm going to point out real quick that producing power in another country and then moving it to another country, especially across an ocean. Uh, no, we're going to leave it at that. Okay. I mean, that's yeah, this the, the, that's the things I'm talking about, Matt, when leaps of logic. I'm like, they're just like, oh, yeah, we just te- te- what are they doing? Teleporting the power? <laughs> mm-hmm. Teleporting nuclear power uh, over thousands of miles. Mm, OK, mm-hmm. whatever you like. I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. Is this episode for or against outsourcing? Is it good or is it bad? Uh, 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 eh? I have no idea. I don't think it knows. Are American workers hard workers or are they lazy? Why not both, Robbie? Okay. Um, so from there, we have a dinner scene where we find out that the family finds out that Homer is going to be working in India. Does and here's like it's just every I think every single scene I'm gonna have a question about like how but how because like 
Marge is going like, hey, it's fine, Homer, you can go work across the world forever? Is that what she's doing, effectively? I guess. Maybe she thought, maybe she, Homer told her it would be Indiana, uh, because, uh, spoiler, Homer gets Indiana confused with India uh, when he goes there. And she was like, oh, he'll be there for a couple of weeks, it's everything up. Uh, but maybe, uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm just like, it's just like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go work, I'm going to get a, I'm, my job's in Indy now, I'm going to go there. I'm like, well, that's a, a big deal. <laughs> if you're your spouse, your partner is going to go work across the world, and theoretically, that's their job now. And you're like, well, I don't want to live in it. What if I don't want to live in India? We're just going to not see each other ever? Okay. Apparently. Um, also, they have a drawn-on phone. They don't have a phone, Matt. They have a drawn-on phone. Homer makes a phone of course, call. they have with... a drawn-on phone, a drawn-on thermostat. That's how poor they are. are this they... week, anyway, uh, like, I should say. I was going to say, are they Nelson now? Like, I don't get this. Whatever. We cut to the B-plot, Matt. Where we see the MacGyver convention, where Patty and Selma are the only people there, except for Bart and Lisa. Who are with them for some reason. Yeah, why? That, that's another, like, why Bart and Lisa there? Because, pa so Selma and Patty have someone to explain what's happening there. That of is course. Why, that is why Bart and Lisa are there. They exp and, and I think this is hilarious, because Selma and Patty are, you know... If you've watched the show for The Simpsons for a long time, you you just kind of take it for granted. They love MacGyver. They love Richard Dean Anderson. They love MacGyver. And you're like, all right, yeah. But when you think about it and you go, oh, wait, this episode came out in 2006. There are absolutely people watching who have no clue who Richard Dean Anderson is or what MacGyver is. And they have yeah. to explain, oh, MacGyver, it was a television show. And you're like, oh, right. I guess this episode pretends that none of the episodes in the 90s happened. Um, and then Richard Anderson shows up at MacGyver convention. What's a MacGyver and why does it have a convention? MacGyver was a show about a secret agent who used inventions made of everyday objects to defeat bad guys. And he was played by the three greatest names in the history of television. Richard Dean Anderson. Did someone mention my names? Oh, Richard Dean Anderson! <laughs> you finally came to our convention! No, I'm looking for the convention for my new show, Stargate SG-1. Oh, Matt, it's over there! Stargate SG-1! Stargate SG-1! You're into MacGyver? That show was so stupid! Oh, I'm MacGyver! I can make a bomb out of a banana peel in a toaster. That show was just a paycheck to me, and nothing more. <laughs> How could he say that? MacGyver is my world. Richard Dean Anderson just pissed off the wrong Richard Dean Anderson fans. He, she sure did. He I, really, I, really did. So Richard Dean Anderson shows up on The Simpsons. To say that MacGyver was bad. And then, and to plug Stargate SG-1. That is what he is here for so far. So far. I don't, I know that Stargate has a very dedicated fan base as well. Um, I don't think it ever has been big enough to demand that much attention. That big of a, because we cut to the SG-1 convention. And... He gets interviewed by a comic book guy on stage, and then the lights go out, and Selma and Patty have 
they kidnap Richard Dean Anderson. They black bag him. I would also like to point out that all the jokes about the uh, the SG one convention are terrible and should have been excised. I I don't know, man. I I I don't I don't know what this is. This feels because we have a bunch of jokes about nerds. You know, nerds they're they're stupid and smelly and uh, they don't and they don't know what a girl. Yeah, it is. really seems like the the writers of The Simpsons hate nerds. Like you know their primary fan base, they really hate them. I yes, I know, and it's gotten worse over the years, and it makes me kind of resent the show because I consider. I mean, I think most people really, most they they don't like fans. I think either, um, because that's what uh, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They think someone is gonna ki- they kidnap Richard Anderson, and they have him. They they tie him to a chair in their MacGyver shrine. And it's at this point they go, is this a Trials of a Horror segment? That's what it feels like to me. Like, this whole B-plot feels like tra- it's like a Trials of Horror segment. Yeah. Like, if it was Trials of Horror, it'd be a little bit, it'd probably be a little bit more out there, and probably there'd be more explicit violence. But it feels so crazy. Like, what are you, you're telling me that a movie star shows up on, or television star? <laughs> all, all appropriate credit to Richard Dean Anderson, but the television star uh shows up yeah. and they're like they kidnap him and then he goes absolutely crazy like it's like reverse misery and you're like i can't guys i just can't what is like the, ev- there is no moment in this episode that is grounded in a reality past the first maybe three minutes of it um so we leave with some of patty or kidnappers and we are see homer at the airport uh, he gets there. This scene exists only to give Homer a book. Marge gives him as a, go, a going away present. She gives him a business book about cereal breakfasts. Yeah, it's supposed to be about from Lee Iacocca. And I've never read uh, Lee Iacocca's book uh, about leadership, but uh, I can't imagine it has this much of a focus on breakfast. This book is kind of a send up on most business books that use like yeah. loose metaphors. It It, it is worth maybe a single joke they use it like i like six times i think they they go back to the well for this book and homer gets on the and we cut from that scene for to homer landing in india and homer is a bit confused in india where's the university of notre dame the indy 500 wrigley field dodger dogs you ignorant american you have confused india with indiana indiana with illinois and the cubs with the dodgers oh no i took a job on the other side of the world oh i hate this subcontinent okay mm-hmm. how i guess i guess the answer is very because the question is like how stupid do they want us to think homer is where he goes he doesn't know the difference between India or Indiana, and I go, mm, are they really? They must. He is really. They must think he's the stupidest man on earth. I'm guessing because I don't. Yep. Okay. He's in India. Matt Homer's in India. He, he's in India, and everyone there already doesn't like him. I. Not, so. I'm not much of a fan myself, Matt. I can't really blame him. Uh, we go to commercials. Six minutes and fourteen seconds. And when we come back, we get uh, the startling first bit of racism. Ha, surprise, it took him until the second act, uh, where Homer calls Lisa for advice. 
Hello? Lisa, it's me. I'm in trouble. Calm down, Dad. What happened? A cow took my iPod and I punched it. Uh-huh. Do I have to? Okay, okay. I'll show the cow I adore it. Oh, baby. Ooh, did you lose weight? Oh, come on, baby. Don't play hard to milk. So, yes, we're off to a rollicking good start of uh, Homer mistreating animals and then making out with them, which is really just mistreating them more. I, man, why is Homer making out with a cow? Why do they put this on because the television show? Because the opposite of punching a cow is kissing a cow. Yeah, but it's, like, it's dumb, though. Yeah, it's okay. real dumb. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he then immediately meets Apu's cousin after a joke about how everybody in India looks alike. <sighs> good job with the more racism. Good, good job. Um, I I forget what he's named. Um, Kavi is his name. Kavi. Matt. He sounds exactly like Apu. Who's, well, you know, it's Hank Azaria doing it's it. It's Hank Azaria doing the voice. That, uh, we've, uh, we've that, met our, our, that, like, our second Indian person. I I don't know, Matt. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like, this, this, like, it's, it's never. Like, here's the thing: that this episode doesn't do is like overt racism. Really, yeah. it's not like it's not just like Homer. Like, per, like it's not literally Homer directly making fun of him. It is more just lots and lots of like subtle stuff like this, where it's like, oh, it's Apu's cousin, and his voice also by Hank Azaria, and, and his. And he's this like it's just like and it's also Homer just runs into him, you know, into you know we see a huge crowd of Indian people and Homer asks one guy says, Are you Kavi? Guy goes, No. Second guy, are you Kavi? Yes. Like it's like it's that joke. It's like, oh here, it's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> we need him. Even though <laughs> even though Kavi does not really come into play. I don't like they literally have this joke because Apu exists, so they need to have Homer meet his cousin, who just happens to be living in Bangalore. Right. Okay. That's what we get. Mm. So, okay. So, at this point, um, we get come back to Richard Dean Anderson and all of the stuff that is going on with him. <sighs> <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. All right. We're we're we got a clip that'll do most of it for us, Robbie. Don't worry. He's escaped. <gasps> We'll be busted for kidnapping. I can't face jail. I can. <gasps> Richard Dean Anderson, why did you come back? To tell you how I escaped. I had to get out before another one of your bristly kisses. Then I remembered the blue contacts I wear to hide my Latino heritage. needed was a sling strong enough to support my 200-pound frame. Abra-cadabra. MacGyver lives, and not just at 2 a.m. on the USA Network. My real-life escape from your love dungeon was the most exciting thing I've ever done. It was? Tie me up so I can do it again. 
But this time, don't make it so easy. No. Delighted. Too much? Not for MacGyver. So, as we can see, this is how the episode is going to go for Richard Dean Anderson. Um, he's going to become MacGyver to the point where he annoys Patty and Selma. That's it. That's the joke. That's where it's... I, that's all we get. I, but... I yes, Robbie? I... I don't get it though. <laughs> don't don't get what, Robbie? What is there to get? The funny I like I don't know, Matt. I want to ascribe some meaning to something. <laughs> How foolish of you. I know. It is very stupid. But it's just this could be like this could be a fun little B story where oh, Richard Anderson get like it ends up with Patty and Selma and he actually ends up being like creeping them out, you know, to turn the tables, so to speak. And that right. could be a fun thing, but it is so tonal. It's so totally exists. It does not understand how to tread that line correctly. Like, cause it starts out like, it's like, it literally starts out like misery. The, the Stephen King story, the fantastic movie where fans kidnap, someone they love like a celebrity and it's kind of scary and like he richard anderson in that line mentions oh your bristly kisses and you know i'm, I'm like wait a, wait, a wait a minute so you're telling me that like they've been they've been kissing him and you're like oh that's gross and then it like it goes to like the like right away this reversal of like no i want you to keep capturing me so i can escape you're like, why though, Richard Anderson? Literally, literally, are in our last act. You were saying that MacGyver was terrible. Why would you say that? Wouldn't you just like? Wouldn't they write a line where he goes like, "I miss being MacGyver from time to time, but I've moved on. Now I'm in Stargate." But he couldn't say that, Matt, because then Patty and someone would be mad at him. Like it does. It's all just. It's also indeed. It's all just. But uh, also, Matt, he says. He, you in that clip you displayed. He says, "I my blue eye contacts I wear to hide my Hispanic heritage." He says that right, Latino, but yeah, Latino. Mm -hmm. Okay, he says Latino. I yep. maybe here it's certainly possible that Wikipedia is wrong, but it does not list. It says Richard D. Anderson is of Mohawk, Norwegian, Scottish, Finnish, Swede, and Swedish descent. Yeah, I was pretty sure that was wrong way back when this episode first came out. Um, so yeah. Why is that in there? I okay. No clue. Okay. You know Richard. It needed Anderson... a reason for him to wear contact lenses that was joke like. Okay. Not an actual joke, but joke like. Richard D. Anderson is seventy one years old. Wow, really? Oh my gosh. I know. <sighs> wow. Um So, moving on. Moving on. Richard D. Anderson's in this episode All a lot. Right. And he's, he's in, in it. It's bad now. He's in it. Just so, wait. There's so much, Matt. He's in it so much. It's crazy. Which I enjoy Richard Dean Anderson. I liked MacGyver. I love Stargate. I, this you guys could have used him wait, so okay. much better. Anyway, wait, we need to we need to slow down, Matt. What did you just say? You loved Stargate? Yeah, Stargate's loved. great. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. It's at least is equal to like Star Wars. A little below Star Trek. We're talking about S Stargate SG One, correct? The whole Stargate series. SG One was good. I really liked Atlantis. Universe was meh. They made a third one? Yeah, it only lasted like two seasons. It wasn't very good. 
It's okay, Rabu. We don't have to go into SG one here. We can, we, I, we'll I find just, a bonus episode. I, to that on. I mean, you're just. You know, I'm just taking it back, Matt. Like you just every once an episode, you just say something. It just like it like obliterates my sense of like un- understanding. Like you're just like, oh, I love Stargate. I'm like, what? You've literally never said the word Stargate to me before, and it, since I've known you. Like you've never uttered because the word. Everyone Stargate. knows Star Wars. Everyone knows Star Trek. What do I? I've been, like, I don't have anyone to talk about Stargate with. Well, you gotta bring up the topic, man. You gotta sell people on things. That's why you don't. That's why you tell them. People about, do not want to be sold on Stargate. I'm just saying, like, it, it's time has. But some, if it was a new current show like Game of Thrones, people I would have happily talked to people about it. But it's been over a decade since they had even the third bad show on the air. Well, this is the thing, man. You gotta just tell them anyway. You gotta make. Who cares if they want to leave and they want to flee and you are tr- you've trapped them in well, a you corner? That kind of friend. Okay, I can be that kind of friend. There you go. All right. Uh, you ready for? Hey, hey Matt. Right? Hey Matt. Hey Matt. Mm-hmm. You ready for some racism? No, am I ever? This is okay, probably so. this is probably the worst thing in this episode. I would say. That's true. Worst, so, the first, worst, right? Uh, the worst racism, maybe. Maybe not the worst thing, but it is the worst racist stuff. Um. So. In addressing his new employees, Burns comes out of a basket like a snake, um, because that's that happens all the time in India. India is not a modern nation and it, with you know, and it, technology. And, it, and they and they play the now 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 now. They play that music. Yeah, on a, on a Shania, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, uh, Smithers actually asked him, "Why'd you do that?" And Burns said, "I wanted to make an entrance. They're lampshading the fact that they're stupid and racist, and that that makes it worse." So, uh, this is the Bangalore nuclear power plant, uh, which is generating power to send back to Springfield. Uh, somehow. We're not sure how that makes any sense, but we're going to move past that. So, uh, Homer is introduced as the new boss of the plant. Um, so, basically, Burns threw a bouquet into his Springfield workers to pick who was going to be in charge of this plant. Didn't take the manager of the Springfield plant, no. he. Anyway, Homer is called untouchable. Uh, which, for those of you who have any grasp of Indian culture, is a very bad thing. But it's funny for some reason. They gasped. Um, they gasped one time. At, I was. I really thought. I thought that was going to be like a plot point, but it isn't. They don't. It's literally a what. It's a joke for a moment. Um, they don't. That and they, everything is this is just like it is like. Hey, do you you know what do you know about India? Here's a joke about it. What does an average like Westerner know about India? Here's a joke. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, uh, Homer is an idiot. He tries to use his idiotic, uh, the book that Marge gave him, um, and he says some nonsense out of it about breakfast. The Indian workers eventually catch on that, hey, all they have to do is cheer, and then they can get back to work. So they do so, and Homer is placated, and they all go back to their normal jobs. Uh, We also learn that these are uh, highly educated people. Uh, One woman says she studied nuclear engineering at MIT. So these are not, you know, dumb people by any stretch of the imagination i it's very clear at this point matt how long does it take to build a nuclear power plant and put it online oh 30 years something like that i'm assuming at this point mr burns just bought a nuclear power plant that already existed and is exporting the power it's not like he had a huge asset in nuclear power plant in springfield he that he gave up to use the power plant because because the the really expensive part of a nuclear power plant it's not you know the 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 building it's the workers you know the worthy you know a few hundred people who are required to you know to maintain it that's the the, the major expense matt matt they wanted to make a joke about outsourcing 
and they picked somebody who owns a business in Springfield. I know. He does none of it. They should have beyond, picked Crust and be, and they could have had Bollywood jokes for days. Beyond, literally, beyond that fact, none of this makes any sense. Nothing. None of it. None of it makes any any kind of sense at all. It never actually burns as a real person with any kind of business sense. For a long time, even when Burns kind of... There, there was a while where Burns was that serious boss character, and he wasn't so comedic. And they kind of transitioned him into a more comedic role in the mid golden years where he was a serious boss character that everyone that Homer was afraid of. But he's also, you know, the silly, uh, silly old timey character who would say old timey slogans or think Honus Wagner was still alive. That was there, but he was also still a businessman, you know, and he still cared about making money and, would fire people and and hire people because he wanted them to do work well and he wanted them to work hard. It he doesn't care in this episode because they don't they the episode doesn't work if he cares. You know, like there's just like a it's like a, a it's like a waterfall, a cascading of uh, just of things that oh, if you pay attention to real life for even a moment, like to make this even semi-realistic, that the episode can't handle it. It will fall apart. And this is, we haven't even gotten to the crazy stuff yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the Heart of Darkness stuff yet. Oh, oh my boy. god. I cannot believe it. <laughs> at least, hey, at yeah. least they have that lady in the crowds like, hey, I went to MIT. Why Why is this guy my boss? I'll give him that. They have that moment where you're like, it acknowledges that intelligent, there's an incredible amount of, you know, intelligent Indian people. Who work jobs just like Americans do. Yep. Okay. So, all right, moving on. Let's just keep going here. Nope. Slow all down, right. Matt. Slow down. Uh, no, no. So Bart calls and apparently has a new bully. Uh, Homer suggests he outsource uh, stopping the bully because, again, the joke is outsourcing. Again, I, I, I'm i not. We also get a joke about uh, Kavi, uh, Apu's cousin, lest you have forgotten him already, uh, out doing outsourcing work. Apparently, he's answering the phones for three different businesses all over the internet and world and whatnot. Um, they're bad. Uh, I almost captured this, but then I didn't really want to see, hear Hank Zaria doing voices. Um, that is uh, literally what this Bernie little scene. That's literally what this little scene is. It's just, it's just Hank Azaria. They're like, hey, Hank, do you like a southern voice? And then enough, like just do a couple different voices that aren't the Indian voice that you do. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I see what you're doing, guys. This is not. What is this? This is not a like. And it, it literally is the joke is there's a lot of Indian call centers, and actually all the Indian all the American call centers you think you're getting they're actually also Indian call centers. Uh, exactly. That's the joke. That's the joke. I, here I want to here I want to make this here Matt you've you've tried me on this before quote unquote joke yeah joke yeah. I like my little note here with the next scene. I just realized that I was I used a lot of uh, acronyms all at once. I look. Yeah, or initialisms. So, mm-hmm. it's okay. We're 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 pushing we're pushing forward here. No. All right, so uh, we go we go back to Richard Dean Anderson. I love this episode. Man. Let's just dwell in it forever. No, I'm going to push as hard as I possibly can to get away from this. <laughs> this is how I, I, I avoid things. I push through them. 
So Richard Dean Anderson goes to the DMV uh, with, to see Patty and Selma because he wants them to tie him up in a trunk with some stuff, including MacGyver writers, which I thought that was the only part of the episode where I actually laughed because he's like, I, I, I need uh, a gun with no bullets, bullets and three MacGyver writers. And that, for some reason, the MacGyver writers caused me to absolutely lose it because up until then, this episode was not funny. It was racist and stupid. But for some reason... That caused me to die laughing. <laughs> oh, he wants the writers from the show. That's that's actually kind of funny. Unfortunately, Patty and Selma are no longer keen on having uh, RDA uh, in their orbit anymore, and they want him gone. But he he refuses and demands that they trap him in a trunk uh, by the pier at low tide right now, in a very petulant child's voice. I is Richard Dean Anderson a real man? Not here, no. Like a real person. I mean, not not. I don't mean like a real man, like Tim Tim the Toolman Taylor. I mean, like, is he a real question, person? Like they this treats him like he's a cartoon character, and I don't. D- does the show not understand that by doing this, you makes this plot not make sense anymore? I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they were going for here. I know um, that's it's just baffling. I'm just I'm just like, what what's the point of this? They don't like our, they don't like Richard Dean Anderson anymore. But this isn't Richard Dean Anderson. This is just some crazy person. Like you can't. It doesn't make any. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just don't get it. I don't understand. Like I can't t- tone comed comedy. No. No, Robbie. Absolutely not denied. Oh. I know. Moving on. Thank God. All right. Uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. Um, so now we are back to where it starts to get real. I have a word for this, but I'm not allowed to say that it's a PG podcast, but uh, you'll hear it. You'll bad. Hear it. It's bad. You can say bad. bad. Yeah. It's bad. Simpson, I don't know how you're doing it, but you are outputting ten times the power our American plant ever did. Well, a little book once told me. Uh, having only one pancake leaves room for more bacon. I see what you're saying. We're crowding your plate. In fact, there's no need for us to be here at all. Let's go, Smithers. You're giving me absolute power? Mm Mm-hmm. Sir, doesn't that corrupt? Absolutely not. When it comes to running a nuclear power plant, this man's a god. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm late for a dinner engagement. (laughs) I don't want my scooped-out monkey head to get cold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a god. God has a white beard and invented the Da Vinci Code. Actually, in our system of belief, there aren't many gods. Hmm, let's see. Got the Elephant Man, Johnny Six Arms, Papa Smurf. These guys are pretty cool. Maybe I am one of them. Only I had some kind of proof. (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> I want a free soda! I am a god! <laughs> yep, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, when you said last week, you're like, oh, this is the episode where they go to India. They have a power plant in India. I did not foresee that the plot would be Homer literally declares himself a deity i don't think anyone did robbie i uh oh boy uh burns making a good good i make comments about monkey brains so that's good um remember indiana jones matt unfortunately i do remember that particular one temple of doom um yep 
But after this, uh, we see Mr. Burns float down the Ganges with his new friends who are actually corpses, and we go to a commercial. Oh, no, that did yeah. happen, too. That happened, Matt. Yeah. It Burns sure floats down the river did. with corpses? What? What? <laughs> what? Like, why? Why? Robbie. Why? 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 Why is this happening? Uh, uh. Why does Homer Homer declares himself a god because he read because he uh, his bottle cap gave him a free soda? I guess. Okay, we come back from commercial fourteen minutes and sixteen seconds in. Uh, Lenny and Carl are out here. Homer flew them out, I guess, because he got promoted to godhood. Mm-hmm. How did they get to the plant, Matt? Robbie, is that germane to the story? It is because later on we see the family and Burns getting and the Smithers going back to the plant on a boat like because it's like and then lenny and carl here sorry lenny and carl here and there's like a lady and the tiger bit here yeah but they're both tigers and one of the tigers is named homer like why is this here what is this what is this um probably you you gotta stop asking me like i know i have no okay i i don't know what like what is going on i'm at uh, this third act i'm literally just yelling what is this why is this happening uh-huh richard Dean anderson this is still happening by the way act three we're still richard Dean anderson i'm i'm tired of richard Dean. i'm never gonna watch stargate matt this is what happened i'm never gonna watch stargate now because of this because of this this is richard Dean anderson you reap what you sow richard Dean anderson you have a stupid appearance on the simpsons i'm never watching stargate ever take that i know you don't care all right you're you're old now. You're probably just happy to sit on your couch with all your money. So he's now moved in with Selma and Patty. He he lives with them. Um, he does. And he's real creepy. And they bore him with pictures to drive him away. Welcome home. Guess who made MacGyver burgers? MacGyver. We didn't have any ground beef. Yeah, but you did have Slim Jims, a cheese grater, and rubber bands to hold it all together. We gotta get rid of this kook. I got an idea. Which episode are we watching tonight? L is for Lake Tahoe, part two? Bless me, MacGyver, for I have sinned? Well, we thought maybe you would like to see some of our globetrotting adventures. (laughs) This is Selma, in line at the Luray Caverns. It turned out it was the line for the ladies' room. This is the ladies' room. This is us at the Alberta Canada Carriage Museum. That's a Phaeton, Landau, Buckboard, Postchez, Surrey, 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 Selma, Surrey. You're in a tight spot, MacGyver. This calls for your most ingenious escape ever. This Olive Garden coupon, it expires at midnight. You're not holding a coupon. Um... MacGyver, away! Well, he's gone. Yeah. And we'll always have what he wrote on our window shade. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is the purpose of this scene, Matt? What's going on? Why is this here? It's to show that it's a callback to Patty and Selma's slideshows, which are notoriously boring. I will give them that. This is something that has come up before. It is a small bit of continuity. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. They had to make him want to leave, and I guess that's how they did it. Okay. Uh, he jumps out the window. That's the. Like, why doesn't he have a clever escape? Is that the joke that he doesn't this time? He just jumps out the window? I guess. Okay. 
The next scene, Matt, is inexplicable to me. Because, I mean, su- because yeah. suddenly it's Apocalypse Now. It's Heart of Darkness. Where Burns and Smithers and the rest of the family are on a boat heading towards the power plant. But but what what and don't forget robbie when they get off the boat they have to take their stuff because it's being used for a dixieland cruise booze cruise matt dixieland booze cruise of course and we see uh indians dress up like uh uh dixie jazz players walk by playing music um i empty reference like what does apocalypse now have to do with this are they is Homer, I mean, I the whole declaring yourself a god thing. Is, Homer's Colonel uh, Kurtz? Is that? Yes. Okay. But that's not any... It's not similar at all. Not similar enough. I... It's not this... Like, it... And to be fair, it like, they just have Homer declare himself a god and jump directly to the end. There is no build. There is no demonstration of how crazy he is. It just happens. I mean, I guess there is an ending. I shouldn't complain, right, Matt? There was an ending, even if they jumped directly to it from what should be the basically, like, the Act 1 denouement. The Act 1 is, dun, 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 Homer has declared himself a god. Okay, and then we have a whole second act of build, 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 build. Third act is when conflict and conflict. Okay, so, and, oh, all the Indians, all the Indians are at the shores waiting for the family. They are all dressed like Homer. With the blue pants, white shirt. Homer has been painted on the cooling towers of the power plant. It's like he really is a god. And now, Matt, you might say, didn't we have a scene earlier where it showed that all the people who work at the plant are very educated and intelligent people? We we did have that, Robbie. What What's going to happen to that? They did say that. Uh, they're going to forget it because they have to make a joke. They have to make a... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I cannot sneer quote this hard enough. They have to make a joke, quote unquote, not a joke whatsoever. Uh, they all worship Homer. Uh, we get a brief, a brief bit where Homer is having a monkey fight an elephant. And this episode subtitles the monkey as he talks to the elephant begging for mercy. The monkey talks to him, Matt. Mm-hmm. Monkey talks to an elephant. Monkey goes, hey, elephant, don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it's revealed. All the Indians worship Homer. They all dress like Homer. All the plain employees, I guess. Um, and the question is, why do they do this? <laughs> why? Why on earth would these intelligent, educated people worship this moron uh, effectively? Because they rec- recognize he's an idiot. Um, and then we find out why. You don't have to worship him. He's not a god. We know that. We follow him because of the secrets he tells us. What secrets? He told us of overtime pay. And coffee breaks. And flex time. Casual Fridays. On-site daycare. No dental copays. Muffin baskets on your birthday. With Mylar balloons. Mylar balloons. Mylar balloons. Mylar balloons! This man told you about these things? Yes, in fact, he gave them to us in a binding contract. Abom Shabai means vote union. Abom Shabai! Abom Shabai! 
Up until now, I was with you. Even the beast-on-beast -beast combat, that had potential. But treating employees like human beings, that is madness! Oh, you appear ill, Sahib. Maybe you should take a personal day. Take one of mine, they're transferable. I'm proud of you, Dad. You're the first man to ever outsource the American worker's sense of entitlement and privilege. Well, I'm just glad I'm not a god anymore. I want to go home. Oh, Chief Wiggum. <gasps> he was gravely wounded in a bank shootout. Yeah, he's funny. Well, I guess we'll have to relocate to an area where the workers are more desperate and ignorant. Springfield. Here. Wait, here, Matt. Let me... Just give me one second. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to say something that <laughs> might strike you off guard here, okay? Oh, what's that, Matt? So, I think right here, they almost hint at what could have been a good episode based on this. Because if, Miss, rather than, okay, let's get rid of the whole stupid uh outsourcing the power plant idea that's stupid let's get rid of that mr burns has another uh uh plant that is in springfield he, he makes cigars or something something stupid okay he makes who's it's and what's it's galore and he wants to outsource that and he sends homer to do it because homer is willing to do it for no extra money or some other idiotic reason and then homer uh basically goes in and leads the plant the plant works just fine without him but then you see him throughout the episode dropping ideas like overtime and, you know, uh, flex time. And, you know, no one's ever given a, a poop about casual Fridays. It's the dumbest idea ever. Um, or, or things like that, you know, and personal days. And, but first of all, you can't go to India. Those are not those are not foreign concepts in India, especially to a highly educated workforce who have been to the United States. He'd have to be somewhere that is uh, that, that where workers are routinely mistreated. And 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 that could be what this episode is. And towards the end, it's like, oh, you know, what if Homer accidentally became Hank Scorpio uh, kind of thing? I mean, obviously, he's not as smart as Scorpio. But what if he became a really good boss accidentally just by uh, teaching people that these kind of things exist, that they are workers who, who should have rights accidentally? I can see an episode working like that. Like Mr. Burns is like, oh, Homer's got this. He read this management book. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but, you know, the workers mostly ignore him until he starts dropping hints about, you know, treating them like people rather than, you know, cogs in a machine. Um, and then at the end, Mr. Burns comes in and, you know, fires all of them and moves the factory back to Springfield. And then somehow Homer keeps his job because, you know, status quo and all that. Um, I could see that as being an interesting episode or at least a good A plot. But this, I mean, uh, just Lisa calling it privilege and entitlement to be treated like a human being and to be part of a union just it sickens me on a core level that I really, really hate. <laughs> just like, oh god, I just, oh, it hurts, Robbie. It hurts. I, it's, it, it is. This is really it. This is like the stomach punch at the end. This is the gut punch uh, where you're like, oh, this episode's not because I was expecting just you know the worst, the worst, the worst, and it wasn't. It was bad. But we have seen worse, and to, like I may not like the stories, but at least there, like there, there are stories, there are plots, you know, things happen in an order, uh, which and there's not like twenty minutes of inciting incidents, yeah. but then you just get to this third act, 
And it just doubles down and doubles down and then doubles down again on the stu- on the stupidest parts of this story. And like you said, Matt, everything you just said is accurate. Like you could make a good episode. Unfortunately. Out of it. Yeah, you could make a good episode out of it if you focus on that stuff and make it a a a cohesive theme and don't just minimalize workers' rights like that. Uh I it's like and you know treat an Indian workforce like they don't know what a union is or they don't know what vacation days are like they're not it's not those aren't foreign concepts those those aren't I, I, I can't like they, they are not savages like I can't like I don't like it this is 2006 this is not this episode is not written in 1974 like I don't know how you in 2006 you write an episode like this where you have home like them oh yeah the indian's like oh yes this white man he brought us vacation days i'm like and now we and so we just chant vote union and you're like okay okay like you said matt if introduced correctly it could be done well uh i don't don't think anybody any of the i'm i'm pretty sure none of those people none of those voices any of those indians are are indian people pretty sure they're all just, of course they're supporting voice actors of the simpsons they're all white people which whatever um they're not gonna acknowledge it as a problem in 2021 of course they're not gonna acknowledge it as a problem in 2006 um and whatever you say about a poo at least a poo is a character a poo has character traits these yeah, are just, no one here we get kavi barely yeah they're not characters they are just they're just tokens um and then they have they have lisa what is it like is Dan Castellano, like, anti-union and anti-workers' rights? I mean, you'd think not. You'd think actors, voice actors, everyone who works in Hollywood is a part of a union. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't understand the anti-unions. I know, but it, they're, like, entitlement and privilege of vacation days. And if that was Mr. Burns saying that, all right, okay, it's Burns, I get it. But they have Lisa say it. Have they not watched The Simpsons? Have like, like literally, I'm like, what? What, Lisa? No, no, Lisa, no. What? What are you doing? Don't, don't have this little girl say that, please, uh, please. Uh, I can't. I, I, and I, I also can't emphasize this enough. I'm just gonna say this because it is a, it is a uh, often tried. I think it's the one of the tropes I hate most about about The Simpsons, honestly. And I think it's not isolated to this, honestly, this episode or, to, you know, to this message by Lisa, which whatever the writers wrote, Lisa saying that Lisa didn't say it, but um, Lisa's not a real person. American workers are work, work harder and long, like in the first world, at least work harder and longer hours than anyone. They don't, you know, so I don't when you say that with a straight face, it just makes you look like a idiot. And it's I don't know what. It is. And the episode just doesn't ever have one. It's just it, because it says the opposite earlier where it's making like there's that fake propaganda movie that starts the basically starts the episode where it's like, oh, yeah, workers love to see their jobs outsourced. And you're like, OK, they don't. That's the point. I get it. But now they come back at the end. They're like, no, workers are lazy and privileged and entitled. And I'm like, what? But you said the opposite earlier on. What are you doing? 
I mean, maybe they were they were being serious in the beginning. Instead of instead that was supposed to be sarcastic. I don't know anymore, Matt. That's tonal inconsistency. Like you have to, if you're gonna say something, say it. Don't just mush mouth your way through the episode talking about outsourcing and workers' rights and unions, but actually don't say a word because you bounce it back and forth about oh no, workers are entitled and privileged, but also Burns is gonna go back to Springfield because actually American workers are 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 uh you know easier to exploit than indian workers like which what are you saying which one is it say one of the pick a side <sighs> but that's not even the end of the episode man that's not even the end of the episode i mean it should be but it you know. should be but no we get you want to talk about padding you want to talk about filler there is uh to end this episode a minute or two long bollywood segment I mean, and that's all it is. It's just they. I have the. Uh, I found the the song. It is from uh, Kishore Kumar uh, from a movie called Johnny Maranam. Um, was was is a, a movie from 1970, a Bollywood movie. Um, and they play a they play a song from it, and there's a minute or two long just choreography of The Simpsons and a bunch of nameless Indian people dancing. That's actually how the episode ends. We were very happy, and there was much rejoicing. And I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what this is also supposed to be. Like, why does this end with a Bollywood segment? Because they're in India, Robbie. <sighs> I, I, yeah. I mean, that is sadly, Matt. That is the correct answer. That is why uh-huh. there is a Bollywood segment that ends this episode. Um, it doesn't really make any sense because there's no mention of Bollywood at any point. It is literally like, what are things that people recognize from India? They're in the episode. Yep. Um. This episode is bad. It's very, very bad, in fact. I don't hate it as much as I expected to, but I expected to hate it a lot. So when I hate it only a little, it doesn't... That's something. It's something? Yeah. My expect. I think that's the thing, Matt. We're just witnessing my expectations, just lowering and lowering and lowering, going so far down that I'm actually... In- I actually like, oh, that's. it could have been worse. It could have been way right, more racist. I'll give him that. Like, it could have been way more racist. It's only a little bit. You know, it could be really bad. Um, I, I don't know. We'll rank it, rank it at the end of the show. I have no idea where to put this thing. Low, probably. Low. Um, low, hey low for sure. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Oh, you, so, so so my response to you should be a question. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, is this episode was broken? Yeah. Yeah, it is. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Um, yeah, of course. It's awful. Like, what? I, here, fix this episode. Do what Matt did. Matt, do what Matt said. I, I, one hard, I concur. That, that is what, that is what, if you want to make an episode like this, where, where it's about, we outsource a job somewhere. And Homer accidentally introduces people to the concept of workers' rights and unions. That is an episode. But they shoehorn in this Homer becomes a god thing. And then the workers just treat him like this. Because they gave him they gave them favorable workers like favorable con- union contracts? Is that because that's textually what this episode is saying, is that these people all dress like him. And have painted his portrait all over the plant and bow down to him because he is pro-union. Right. Which they've never heard of before, apparently. I just want to scream. I just want to like, ah! 
because that's what I, like it's just like ah. yeah just make it I, I can't like a lot of the time our fix this episode is just like write it like people are are like these are people why does it have to be so stupid <sighs> fantastic question robbie i wish i had why? the answer why yeah make it real make it so that you treat these treat uh, treat homer with respect for God's sakes, treat the Simpsons like re with respect, not just these incidental Indian characters. And if they want to make an episode in, in India, if that is a, a if that has to be included, I would say don't, <laughs> don't do that, don't go to India. No, no, yes, like yeah, some shows could do it. The, the Simpsons is not one of them. No, no, Simpsons should go to India. No, don't do that. Go anywhere else. Go to I don't know. Do uh, go to. Uh, they ran out of good countries at this point. I don't know. Uh, Go to uh, they already did that. See all the ones I can think of. They've they've been to. So yeah, you're fine. Um, they've been to Ireland. Yes, Homer and uh, Abe went to find. I think what they suspected was somebody's real father or something. I forget how dumb <laughs> it was. Okay, good. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Uh, that's yeah. Just make it real. Like you just have an episode that makes sense that tells one thing. No Richard Dean Anderson. Please. Please. Apparently, apparently he was a big fan of the show, Matt. He really liked The Simpsons. Was. <laughs> oh, I think... I don't know. They made a they made a, a, a plot around, pretty central about him yeah. and plugged his new show. Even though by that point, I think Starry SG-1 was kind of like already winding down in 2006. Yeah, exactly. So it makes me not understand. Yeah, 97 to 2005, he was in SG-1. He wasn't in it after okay. When this episode aired, that wasn't he wasn't even in it anymore. Um what do we do? Oh, oh, oh Matt. Yes, right. It is time for our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments of the news group is where I solicit our patrons on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show for their thoughts about this episode. And what they thought of it, you can, if you join us on there, support us at any level, you can watch these terrible episodes with us. And we'll, I'll read your review on the air. Uh, next up from Benjamin. First, next up, first up from Benjamin. Uh, this episode should, should be canceled. Not just for all the questionable India stuff, but because it's just bad. Nothing in it makes much sense. It's not funny. It's remarkably offensive. It's all a Homer vehicle that crashes and burns. The B plot is the highlight. And that's not really saying much. Uh, from Tim, if only I had some of Richard Dean Anderson's skills during this episode, I would have been able to escape. I say without any sense of irony that Mo shooting himself was one of the high spots, one of the high points. Excuse me, we didn't mention that, Matt. Oh Homer, yeah, we forgot to mention we, that. Mo uh, threatens Lenny and Carl with an American-made shotgun, and it backfires and shoots them in the face. So that's great. Uh, what it, it, what is again so frustrating is that the idea should have lent itself to a well thought out story. Certainly, Mister Birds is the type of person to outsource any work possible. One could even imagine MacGyver showing up in India to help Homer get himself out of self inflicted jams. I'll suggest this will place right above the manatee episode, which would make it for number three forty five. Right above the manatees. Mm. Um. Oh yeah, we didn't mention MacGyver is in India at the end. By the way, he shows up in India. Why? Robbie, I'm no longer listening anymore. I'm cuddling kittens to make myself feel better. My cats are sleeping, but they're out of reach. Uh, from JJ, this is about exactly what I've come to expect from season 17. There are so many leaps in logic to make the plot work, and the several parts where scenes which theoretically should advance the story just seem to be missing. 
Nadia jokes could have been worse, I guess. This is not Simpsons Safari levels of terrible. With the worst parts being Homer making out with a cow, Mr. Burns floating down the river with corpses, and the implied sexual assault of Willie. We forgot about the implied sexual assault of Willie, Matt. Uh, yeah. With the nerd convention, Willie's wearing a kilt, so you need to uh, be, you need to sexually assault him. Oh, yes, because it's the closest they'll ever get to a girl. Oh, man, jokes are hard, I guess. Uh, nothing in the A-plot worked or made me laugh, but the B-plot does save this episode from being completely irredeemable. Uh, from Derek, stupid and illogical nonsense. I should just copy and paste my reviews at this point. These episodes are all cut from the same feculent cloth. Oh, I love that word. That's a good word, Derek. Yeah, feculent. feculent, I love is, it. Feculent is a great word. Uh, the MacGyver subplot was the best part, but even that was too exaggerated. I think the episode is very dull overall, and I started to pay attention by the time the third act rolls around. That's the thing with these Algene episodes. Even when they try and be outlandish, they're just very bland. The Scullyers get a hard time because they did irreparable damage to the show. They were the turning point. But at the very least, they executed their bombastic plots with a certain conviction, and the show wasn't boring. Now, however, the show does over-the-top plots in the most insipid way. You're always going to remember the jockey elves and the tomaco adult farm animals, for better or worse. But the floating bulls and Homer as a god only knew, annoys you at the time, but makes no lasting impact, such as the zombified nature of the show at this point. And it's getting worse. It is getting worse. Friend of the show, Andrew Bloom, texted me. He said he had a theory for why season 17 is so terrible, which I think I floated at one point, was they're working on the movie. They didn't have time to make the show a good show or even passable. They had to make a movie, which I replied, I think that then they hire more people. And he's like, yeah, I think they did. Hmm, okay. They had more people and still the show was bad. Cool. Uh, finally, from Lauren. Not sure how I feel about this episode, to be honest. Since it's season, a season 17 episode, I tend to turn off the analytical side of my brain. That, plus eating delicious food, helped me get through this episode. Amen. Amen, Lauren. Delicious food. I turn to that quite often when I'm watching The Simpsons. I will say straight out of the gate. I hated the B story. I'm going to save you the trouble and fire that crap out of the cannon. Get the hell out of here. Ever see a guy say goodbye to a shoe? It's <laughs> a good. I like it. Uh, the A plot. I didn't like it. Could have been a lot worse. I was relieved that the Indian workers didn't see Homer as a gob. Instead, were happy with his ideas. And I started to analyze that scene. I am asking a lot of questions. And it quickly reveals how little this plot actually makes sense. Like, why is Homer left in charge? Why do they need Homer to tell them about these ideas? Why should why why wouldn't they already have them in effect? Nothing I was mentioned is only in the U.S., but should be standardized across the globe. There were some positive things like they got to the plot right away, and I laughed at Burns's one-liner about about I told you so having a sister. It's not good by any leap of imagination, but it's not as intolerable as last week's episode. So overall, don't watch it, but you don't want to throw your phone through the television if you do. Yeah, probably. Hey Matt. Yes, Robbie. It's time for our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. I'll ask you a question of the week this week. Miss, what is your favorite sports movie? Which, tons of great answers. Um, appreciate everyone who took the time. Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Take it away. All righty. Uh, from Gregory Hoosiers. Uh, good quality. Good start for us. Uh, from Mark. I'm going with The Damned United, which is the story of Brian... Cloth, Clow. He was such an interesting person with a large personality and a legend in the game of football, soccer for us Americans. Uh, Michael Sheen also puts on such a top quality performance. It's worth checking out. Interesting. Uh, from Alex, not sure how much it counts, but Rocky three and four are my favorites. Okay, four I can get behind, 
but three. Rocky, have you? Or, uh, Robbie, have you seen Rocky three? I have seen Rocky three. I've seen all, but I've seen. I haven't seen Rocky. I didn't see Rocky Balboa, but I saw one, two, three, four, and even five. Even five. Oh boy, yeah, five is okay. Three's fine. Three's okay. It has Mr. T in it. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, back to it. Uh, from uh, Benjamin. Days of Thunder. The cinematography and racing scenes are great, even if they don't always make sense. Very true. Uh, from Andy. Slapshot. Um, I I don't know that I uh, I've ever seen Slapshot. I'm assuming it's hockey. Robbie, are you familiar? I haven't seen Slapshot yet. No, I haven't seen Slapshot. It's Paul Newman. It's a good movie. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, from Hoffa, uh, The Replacements, because the XFL Part 3 is going to be even more incredible than Part 2. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. That is a good movie and very appropriate for the XFL. Uh, from Tim, want a movie about a bunch of misfits going up against the establishment and prevailing? More importantly, would it be watchable? Sure it could. <laughs> if it's for a sport most people don't bet money on and also includes the introduction of ESPN, The Ocho, I'm talking, of course, about Dodgeball, which very well could have been slapstick, but instead has become part of my go-to rotation. Not wrong. Better movie than people realize. Or remember, anyway. Uh, Lauren, remember the Titans. The Gettysburg scene always gets me and is still relevant today. It's a powerful, beautiful movie that tugs on the heartstrings. Hey, hey Matt. Uh, hey, Matt. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait. I have... You want to hear my Remember the Titans anecdote? Sure. My dad went to the same high school. He went to the Remember the Titans high school. He was a, a Titan. Oh, wow. And he played football on the team the year before they were the Remember the Titans team. Wow. He knew some of the people he, before they before they became segregated or desegregated. He was uh, on, he was he was on the he knew some of the kids that were in the movie. He knew them. He played football with them. And I That's think he amazing. and I think my father would also want to make it on the record that the coach, uh, the, the coach that gets replaced by Denzel Washington, they make him like a real uh, racist jerk in the movie. That's the Disney version. He was not a. He was a, a decent. <laughs> he was a decent guy in real life. That's what my dad said. He was. Oh, okay. He wasn't a racist jerk. He was just a football coach. They had to make him like a, a villain in the movie to make it well, more of course, dramatic. That's the movies but, work. But he was not a. He was not a. He was not a bad guy in real life. But that was right. Re- they were a very good. Fo- they were a very good high school football team. Uh, even before they got uh, desegregated. So, I don't know. Well, that's my that? that's my remember the Titans anecdote. Please continue. Alrighty, uh, for Matt, I have to go with Happy the Gilmore because who doesn't like eating pieces of uh, for breakfast? <laughs> uh, that is a very interesting movie. Uh, from Rich, I Tony gets my vote for flipping the biopic format on its head. You won't be any closer to knowing what the hell happened in the Harding Kerrigan incident, but you'll get a darkly funny exploration of how the truth gets lost in the tabloids. Very true. I saw that movie in theaters, way better than you'd expect. You saw I is incredible. You saw I in theaters? Uh, yes, I had free tickets. I didn't pay for it, but I saw it in a theater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from Jacob, Major League, not only is the best sports movie of all time, it's the greatest movie of all time. The greatest movie uh, of all time. I mean, you want, if you're going to, hey, I appreciate, I appreciate going for it. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't mince words. Indeed. All right. Uh, from El Columbia 88, uh, Dodgeball for sure. Another dodgeball vote uh, from at ATX. I asked myself the how poorly did dodgeball age question the other day, and I'm fairly sure it aged horribly. At least it has my favorite character in it, uh, in fiction in it. Dodgeball commentator GIF. I'm assuming he actually posted a GIF. Yes, man. I, the GIFs, uh, you, you cannot put GIFs in a Google Doc without a lot of work. So I just annotated. Okay. 
just making sure. I'm assuming it's Jason Bateman. It is, of course. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Yes. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, from another one from Matt Board ATX. I know this is a cheat because it's a TV show, but Ted Lasso is sheer perfection, and everyone keeps saying that. But it's on my list. I'm gonna watch Ted Lasso. Who has Apple TV? Okay, what you, kind of nonsense. You tell me how you you think about it, because uh, yeah, I, from what I hear, it's a very sweet show. It's a very kind. It is, and that's my problem with it. Is it's <laughs> it's sweet, and that's about it. It's other than that, it's not. Oh, really funny. okay, maybe so. Okay, all right. I understood. Get it. I get it. Sure. All right. Uh, from at Plump and uh, Whip It, Elliot Page is awesome. The soundtrack is a banger, and it was a directorial debut of Drew Barrymore. Also, Roller Derby Rocks. Now that sounds interesting. I will have to check that one out. Uh, from at Raylan, The Big Lebowski. Bowling is a perfectly cromulent sport. Who's this? Who's this person? Who's this person at Raylan? Who's this? I don't know, Robbie. You're the one who picked it and decided to include it. All right. From Brian J. Field, uh, not a huge sports movie guy, but those are all good for people who aren't sports movie guys. Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, The Natural, and Tin Cup. For comedy, Caddyshack, Kingpin, Happy Gilmore, and Dodgeball. But I think Major League is the best. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely with uh, a Brian here. All of the ones uh, the that he in the first group, uh, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Natural, Tin Cup, all terrible, terrible movies. <laughs> the comedies though are really good. <laughs> Bull Durham's okay. Here, Bull Durham's good. I like Tin Cup, even though I wouldn't call it a good movie. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm I think it's kind of okay. feel the dreams of the natural. Hmm. I don't, I'm gonna agree with Matt on that those, one. I can't. Those are not good. Movies. I don't. Oh God, this... I I don't. But all the comedies. I okay. Here, see, Kingpin is a sports movie. I'll give you that. That, that is a bowling movie, but it also That's... terrified me as a child. Oh yeah, the whole scene where they they feed him to the ball. They, oh, oh my god, it's so awful. Oh my god. Oh, my that's like, it's literally that. like my second, like, be behind arachnophobia. It was my, like, most traumatizing movie when I was younger because of that scene where they put his hand in the thing. Ah, hand trauma. Not a fan. Not a fan. Body horror. Not I'm a not, fan. I, le I love body horror. Not a, not real life body horror. When it's a monster or a virus or something, that's, I'm full, cool with that. But real people mm. just doing stuff. Ugh, bad. It's a comedy. I don't really want hand trauma in my comedies. Please continue, Matt. I'm sorry. I'll stop talking about hand trauma. That's okay. I understand your hand trauma. All right. Uh, from Matt Hippie 200. Well, technically it's sports related, so I'm going to go with the Italian film Ultras, which tells the story of an aging ultra fan of the football, or soccer as you would say, Club Napoli. The film isn't a masterpiece, but it's an honest portrayal of a sort of extremism. That sounds terrifying. It reminds me of, um, I mean, that sounds like a lot like, was it called Big Fan or Giant Fan? Big fan, I think it was called with oh, Pat, yeah, Pat Oswald with uh, Nick. What's his name in it? I think was it Pat Oswald. Pat Oswald is the main character. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes, he gets he gets like uh, he's a over giant involved. sports fan, and he gets like obsessed, and then gets assaulted, and it's not a it is it is a it's I not a happy movie. It's not a happy movie. No, it's not a comedy. It's a drama. So, uh, for Matt, yes, it's Aaron. I've always had a soft spot for a league of their own. Even Madonna is terrific. You are not wrong. That's definitely in my top three. Uh, for Matt Danzig, 5101. Only one correct answer, Major League Gift Attached. It is. <laughs> going to start saying that. Yeah. Uh, for Matt Chaz Ingles, Little Big League. That sounds familiar. What is what is Little Big League? I believe that is the one where a... Uh, that's like There's the, that 90s spate of baseball movies... Um, that's I think Little Big League is the one where the kid owns the team. 
think it owns the Twins. I think the Twins are the one that the the, the team in that one. Because there's also Rookie of the Year. That's the one where the kid is the pitcher. I think Little Big League is the one where the kid owns the team or runs the team. Yeah, he owns the team. That's what it is. The young boy is given the ownership of the Twins. Matt, hello. Yeah, I said. Sorry, I said something. I did not hear anything you just said. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I get that now. I don't. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that, but I re- recall hearing about it. 1994. So, little big. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. And finally, uh, from Matt Joe Yinsberg, uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack groundhog gif attached. <laughs> That's the the little groundhog dances. That's what he has attached. I can't. I I I generally, guys, I'm not gonna. I, if the gif makes me laugh. I will include it as a potential answer. If you just use a GIF as your answer, I'm probably not going to pick your answer because it, I can't copy and paste it over. I have to like literally type stuff out, which is I'm I'm lazy. I don't know if you guys know that. I'm I'm very lazy. You know, gonna ask me a question. Oh, sorry, I I didn't know if you were done talking, Robbie. What is your answer? You just have to in, you just have to you just have to stop me, Matt. You just have to interrupt and yell at me. That's how that's how it works. Okay. So you're the master now. Somebody stop you. Oh, I don't like, I don't like that. Ah. What are you doing? Uh, my answer, which I am kind of I'm not shocked or anything, but a little surprised no one used it. Talladega Nights. Talladega Ooh, Nights that is, definitely is my my favorite sports movie. Uh, it is everything I want in a comedy. It is so. It is. It's not just about NASCAR. It's also like about the South and about Southern men in particular and i don't think there's any other comedy that really captures the 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 absurdity of southern culture and of southern sports culture as well as tyler the nights does even still um matt what is your matt 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 matt, matt what is your answer um i'm gonna have to go with major league uh i know it's pretty popular here uh, there were a lot on this list that were very close happy gilmore uh, dodgeball, great movies, Talladega Nights, fantastic. But uh, yeah, Major League is just great. Some Major- parts of it don't hold up as well as they possibly could have, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> still really funny for a raunchy comedy of its time period. It's not as offensive as it could be. Not it as prob- could have been, yeah. not as problematic as it could have been, but it is also incredibly funny. And the, all the characters have so so much personality. Um, it's my second choice. If I'm picking a serious, a more serious movie, because it's still a comedy, but it does have actual drama. Silent Night Nights, I'm not really ever buying into the real drama of the movie. But Major League, I really like care about the results of it. Like I want them to win. I want the team to do well in the movie. And uh, Wild Thing, man, Wild Thing, it's great. They've been using that. Uh, they've been using that exact cover to, for as John Moxley's entrance music in all Elite Wrestling, and it is perfect. I love it. Uh, Onita, uh, at, at Sushi Onita, a professional wrestler in Japan, used to use it as well in some of the best res- wrestling entrances of all time. So it has lots of pleasant memories for me. Um, so, listener question for next week. I thought about making a Richard D. Anderson question, but then I went, nah. Uh, the name of this episode is Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, starring Robert Downey Jr., so the question is, what's your favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie? Oh, that's going to be a tough one. No wrong answers. Mine might be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Maybe. Could be. Could be. Could Matt be. have to watch it again to see. Or maybe it'll just be Endgame. I don't know. Endgame's real good. Um, I like Endgame a lot. Or Iron Man. Just the first Iron Man. Also real good. 
Uh, let me next week. I'll post this question on our Twitter. It's at it's Twitter at no at Simpsons Show Pod. It is. Let's see. I post this question on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show, and you can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail dot com. Uh, answer the question. I post it on usually I post it on Tuesdays. I try and be consistent. I retweet it a couple times on Twitter, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Appreciate everyone who answers every week. Um, we can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has quite a lead on me so far this season. There's not that many episodes to go. I feel like it went pretty easy on you this week, so we'll see. Matt, you say that. It's better. Do you... you do, I, you just say that so that when I get the questions wrong, I look even dumber. Uh huh. I think that I mean that's because that's what it affa- I I don't I don't I'm not ever sure if I've ever when you've said that before if it actually has ever worked on me getting less points or more points. I, I we'll see we'll see. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? Ready. In blame it on Lisa. What country do the Simpsons visit? I believe that is Brazil. That is correct. Your easy question. What crime does Homer commit that causes him to work for the government in the trouble with trillions? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't remember anything about that episode except the trillion dollar bill. Um, is there, is there, do things happen in that episode? I mean, kind of, sort of. Counterfeiting. Ooh, so close. Tax evasion. Remember, he thins no. in his taxes at the I, last possible second. No, I don't know, man. I don't remember. I don't remember anything oh, about okay. tr- trouble with trillions. I, yeah, how many bad episodes of The Simpsons I've watched since we watched that? Oh, quite a few. Yeah, quite I don't. You think few. I remember that? Why would I? Why? Why would my brain keep that information on hand? Good question. I was. Question. I woke up today at three a.m. Matt. All right. I don't. You think I remember? You keep it on hand because your 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 brain cannot get rid of it. It's like I need to hold on to something this bad. No, Matt. That's you. You're the person who does that, not Robbie Darman. Your medium question: Where is Ronaldo's orphanage located? Uh, like what city? An address. An address. Okay, you want an address? Okay. Um. Hmm. Address. Um. Uh, hmm. Three something something slob. <laughs> I see that you're working on the Simpsons writing staff lately. Uh, it is <laughs> one two three Papaya Street. Oh, that's that's almost as racist. How about that? But I mean, that's not racist. That's that's, that's not fair. That's, that's, that's it's not Brazil. Fair. Maybe they have streets named after fruits. We have free, we have streets named after fruit. It's not racist. Fruits aren't racist. All right, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm reaching. Okay. Your medium question. What does Homer say he works for uh, to get into Mr. Burns' mansion? In, the same, in trouble with trillions? Uh, uh, he works for Harper's Bazaar. You were close. Collier's Magazine. Uh, I knew it was a fancy magazine. Mm-hmm. All right. Your hard question, Matt. What is the phone company the Simpsons use? Oh, oh, um... There's been so many of them. I'm trying to figure out the one, the exact one that they use in this one. Uh, Global Tell. Uh, no, sorry, that is very incorrect. Dang, because they uh, give three answers. It was Comquack. Then they changed to Niagular, 
and now it's Vertiqual. Wow, those definitely sound like actual phone company names. I mean, what's a phone? That's true. Your hard question, what is the name of the FBI agent that Homer works with? Matt, I don't appreciate I don't appreciate this. You're making up an episode. You know, I don't like you just you just like literally you just came up oh the trouble with trillions that's not an episode you just uh-huh. made that up no it, it, it couldn't possibly they would never make an episode so stupid the trouble with They'd trillions because Bangalore instead you're just making up old episodes you're like oh remember that one Robbie and I'm like no I am brain damaged I don't remember certain episodes and you're like no this is a real one totally this time the name of the FBI agent does he have two he has a first and last name just a last name just a last name Agent McGillicuddy Agent Johnson. God dang it! I was going to say that! He's Agent Johnson, and he's Agent Johnson, and they're from the FBI. I was going to say it, and I'm like, no, that's too stupid. (sighs) (sighs) Trick question. I mentioned I'm real tired. I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning. Uh, Um, You have several times in fact. Cool. All right. I got zero points today. I wonder why. I'm sure being sleep deprived has really helped my performance today. Um, That's it. Matt has a nine point lead on me. There's like four episodes ago. There's no way I'm making up any ground. Matt should just start thinking about what episode we're going to do director's commentary on because there's no no way I'm getting up nine points for like four episodes. It's impossible unless a miracle happens. Uh, We can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This is a bad episode. Yep, I'm scrolling way down for this one. It's real bad. Um, uh, I. All right, well, let's start with this. Something that's easier to something that's easy to remember. Last week's episode, Matt, Million Dollar Edie. Episode without a plot, without a structure, mm-hmm. with no jokes. This episode has a plot, has structure, has no jokes, is offensive, is mildly at points, is racist, culturally insensitive, plain stupid, don't get me wrong. It's a real stupid story, but it does it does have one. Is it better or worse than Million Dollar Eighty? Oh god. Um I'm gonna say worse, because this episode oh. really doesn't have much of a plot besides Richard Dean Anderson shows up to Patty and Selma. And Homer goes to India and look at all the wacky stuff that entails. On top of that, there's all the, you know, racism and Orientalism. And, uh, yeah. So it's worse. Worse, yes. You'd rather watch... If, or pressed, you'd, if pressed, you'd rather watch Million Dollar Baby? I think so, yeah. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to, to decide. Because this clearly had more effort put into it than Million Dollar Baby did. Like, Million Dollar Eighty is one of the laziest episodes of the show we've ever seen, where it just, it is literally just a, like, someone just threw a bunch of pages together and glued them, and that's a, that was a script. This has thought, where, and, and clearly it's stupid and makes no sense and is offensive at times, but I, it feels like they put more thought into it, even if the thoughts are still stupid, and it's... It's a sticking point for me. Like, lazy writing is a pet peeve. In particular, lazy writing. Even if it's bad or, bad or good or whatever, lazy writing. When I see easily cut corners, I, I wince. <sighs> Million dollar ED. Hmm. I mean, we can look at what's beneath it. Really, that is 10 is the menace. Another episode that makes no sense. Uh, followed by Three Gays of the Condo, Brawl in the Family. 
Dude, where's my Dude, where's ranch? my ranch? It's a mad, 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 mad Marge. Oh, they're so terrible. Sweetest of poo. Yeah. I think this is better than the sweetest of poo. I know that for sure. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, we're getting down into the, the mildly racist and offensive ones with Dude, where's my ranch? Um, yeah, I, but, I was looking at Dude, where's know. my ranch? And it's very similar to this. I think this is... Hmm, I don't know, Brawl, Brawl, all those, those, those Tennis the Menace, the Brawl in the Family, the Three Gays of the Condo, they're so mean-spirited. Like, this isn't, I don't think this is, like, trying to be mean or, or offensive. You know, like, I don't think it's purposeful for the most part. I think it's just oblivious. Um, I don't know, at least it does have that crack about entitlement, and I, it makes me, that makes me real angry. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that got me from just, where the hell is this going to, are you freaking kidding me i just i literally can't with that it makes me so mad yeah it's real bad and i try not to judge it all on that but it is real bad i think uh yeah i think i would put this i think i would say it is below million dollar 80 but just below maybe i don't think this i can is, see that yeah i don't think this is i like tennis the menace i never want to watch that again it's so mean the family's just so mean to each other and that isn't it doesn't happen in this like the the kids the mother marge talks homer down you know like it gets that right there's little things this episode does that are okay um around the edges and the richard anderson stuff would be fun would be totally fine if it didn't stretch on so long like i would be totally okay with that richard anderson stuff it just what didn't take up like eight minutes of an episode this is what it does um so right below million dollar baby that that works for me. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang a war. It's a new number three, thirty three on the list. New number one forty two on the post golden years ranking. Last place is still Codependence Day. First place, Homer's enemy, holding strong, probably holding strong forever at this point. Um, oh why? It's a bad episode. Um, there's one final thing, one final question we have to answer. That question is. Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, there's there's no reason. This episode, this episode, waste, waste. I hate it. Fire, fire the cannon! Bye. Goodbye forever. We're not gonna miss you. Not gonna miss you. Our next up, uh, we're gonna work. We're working our way down from the top um, of the list until we have every single episode in the canon or not. And we are now to number fifty-five, and that is King Size Homer. Um, I mean, yes, so hard. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yes, yes. It's a part of the canon. It's important. Uh, it much like Duffless is to Homer's drinking, King Size Homer is to Homer's eating, and. It, I think, makes a definitive statement about it in him. And how he looks doesn't necessarily decide what kind of man he is, which I think is a great message. So, of course, it's part of the canon. Yeah. Um, our next episode, Matt, is The Wettest Stories Ever Told. I I don't know what this is, but I'm I'm not liking where it's going. It is an anthology. It's a three-trilogy three story episode and they're all uh sailing nautical themed 
Oh boy. Okay, so we have a Mayflower okay. story, we have the HMS Bounty, Mutiny on the Bounty story, and we have the Poseidon Adventure story. Uh-huh. I guarantee it'll be better than this week's episode. Without seeing it on, with the Poseidon scene, I, I can already guarantee it's better than this week, so I'm excited. It'll be better. I don't know if it'll be good, but it'll be better. Um, That's our next episode. Uh, That'll be next week. Next week. Um, You can find all this stuff at our website. L- links to everything. Uh, and links to this list is thesimpsonshow.com. Links to like Twitter, RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon helps us out, helps pay for the show's hosting, and get you a bunch of bonus material along the way, plus the ability to review episodes with us, all that stuff. It's all there. Um, you can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman, and my website is robbydorman.com, which includes links to everything I do online, including my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. Um, by the time this comes out, the pre-order will be live for my next novel called Death Rattle, which is about an old Texas redneck defending his dying small town from vampires. It is my favorite, my most favorite book I've written so far. I'd really love for you to pre-order it. Uh, I know I, there's a spiel at the end of this episode. I'm pretty sure, and you can. But there will be links in the show notes if you want to go do that. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. Unfortunately, I do not have time. I spend all my time looking after very tiny, very energetic kittens who are currently biting my ankles. Uh, but if you'd like to see these adorable kittens and possibly even adopt one, uh, check out Kitten Turns K I T T I N T E R N S on Instagram, and you can see the cutest kittens that have ever existed. That's a bold claim there. I'm backing it up. I got right. receipts. Oh, it's true. There are pictures there. You can definitively prove that they are the cutest kittens ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my brain just shut down. That'll do yeah. it for us. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this. Shh. Uh...